0: Electric vehicles and e-mobility are very important trends worldwide. In Germany, not only is electric mobility a central part of the government's climate policy, the German automotive industry is also the biggest investor in electric vehicles globally. I am your host Paras Mehta and today on India to Germany, we speak with Athar Khan about his experience as a mechanical engineer working in e-mobility in Germany. Athar is a specialist in vehicle component testing and currently leads projects in the area of electric vehicle powertrain at value Siemens in Bavaria, Germany. He has 15 years of experience working for the automotive sector in Germany as well as in India. Welcome Athar, thank you for speaking with us.
1: Thank you, Paras. It's, uh, it's really a pleasure to be here.
0: So, Athar, you are working in the area of electric mobility, which is a very important topic these days. So, what does Value Siemens do and what is your work at Value Siemens about?
1: Uh, yes, Far. So, electric mobility definitely is a big uh, thing these days. And... Uh... Uh, That definitely is uh, what actually made me uh, come into this field. And uh, uh, value Siemens is also a very, so it's a new player, but it's a very important player uh, in the field of electric mobility. It's a tier one supplier, uh, and we basically make custom uh, customer-specific high-voltage components, and uh, so we are not doing any low-voltage uh, mobility, electric mobility, but only uh, focusing on the high voltage, so something like four hundred volts or plus. And uh, we basically make system, or sometimes make uh, um, substrate com. So we make systems, or we make components. Uh, When you talk about systems, it's uh, more like a combination of an e-motor with an inverter and a reduction gear. And this is basically sold as an e-axle. And we supply this uh, to the customers uh, and uh, apply them or integrate them in their vehicles and uh, make it according to their requirements. And uh, this is what we do for uh, as a value Siemens. And talking about my work at Value Siemens, I'm working as a technical project manager for an eAxel development project. And uh, as a technical project manager, I have a team of around uh, 50 engineers who are uh, working in uh, different areas of uh, research and development. So that is uh, design, simulation, testing. So design includes both electrical as well as mechanical design, Uh, simulation as well and uh, for testing also we have variety of tests from functional to environmental and then finally the homologation tests as such the team is spread all all over the continent so it's again uh, very and especially this uh, this topic is uh, being Held or uh, this, this topic is relevant not only for Europe or Germany, it's uh, relevant all over the world. And that's why we have also team spread all, all over the world and we are working together. So one of my major role as a technical project manager is also coordinate this uh, communication between the different uh, set of teams working across the world. So yeah, this is what I do as a technical project manager.
0: You also mentioned uh, eAxel development. Perhaps you could also give us some examples of the kind of projects that you lead as a technical project manager. Yeah.
1: Generally the projects in uh, eAxel development they are so complex and they are so the requirements of the customers are so varied. So generally uh, we as technical project managers we try to concentrate on single projects or Projects which are very close to each other or on the same platform. So my project is currently for an uh, uh, for an OEM, uh, a, a European OEM, and it's for a luxury and a sports car version of that uh, uh, luxury vehicle, and it can have torque up to 1,100 newton meters. So you can imagine it's uh, quite a powerful vehicle that we are working on. And uh, um, so what? Uh, uh, my work basically starts from the from the phase where we are do, going through the acquisition of uh, uh, of this uh, of the project, and uh, then kind of developing a concept, and uh, uh, then trying to bring that concept into more designing and simulation kind of phase. Then uh, going through the whole development at the supplier, or maybe at uh, internally if we have to set up some lines. So development with the internal manufacturing, and then finally some kind of uh, testing so this is what most of my work uh, really revolves on and um, the most of the projects that we work on uh, as i told you it's about uh, um, either as an e-axle or components and uh, um, the uh, one of the component that i take care of is the e-motor development itself which is uh, also a very important component of the e-axle and 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 you have uh, in the in the e motor if you go into the designing uh or designing part of it it's uh, partly uh, uh, mechanical uh, because of the all the laminations and the rotor that you have in there plus then it has a very big portion which is electrical that is the design le- the design is electrical for example the uh, the windings the kind the way the way the windings are to be done so it's uh, really a complex system in there and uh, uh, the projects are generally as i told you are uh done very customized for the for the requirements that the customer gives us. And uh, from our side, we try to come as much uh, forward in the technology as possible because there is a lot of uh, development going on in this field. And uh, right now, the trends are not so sure in which directions uh, each will go. So we always try to bring kind of uh, ideas, new ideas, and then uh, try to develop it together with the customer according to his requirements.
0: So it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, there are a lot of new developments that are going on in this area. Mm -hmm. I also keep reading yeah, that the German car makers are investing heavily in e-mobility at the moment. Mm -hmm. So perhaps you could tell us a bit about some of the current trends in this area.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the point is like the, these trends currently that we are seeing are being pushed by, I think, the three important factors. Uh, one of them is the, the legislation itself. Uh, so you probably would have heard about the, uh, the Paris Agreement and uh, how the CO2 targets have to be met by, uh, by countries, companies, so everything, everyone across the world. So uh, with that, a lot of government uh, governments across the world are pushing for uh, kind of reducing their dependence on uh, uh, combustion vehicles. And that's why they are planning to ban a lot of them. So, some, so I think India is also trying. It has not given a date. But uh, Germany also is in the same boat. But for example, UK, it's like uh, they have given a date of two, 2040, which they are trying to bring to 2030 now. And uh, there are many other countries across the world which are trying to do that. So um, that is one part which is pushing the trends that we are seeing right now, that a lot of uh, investment is happening from the OEMs and Tier 1s and Tier 2s in this uh, electric mobility field. Then also I would like to talk about the uh, the, the part that the technology that uh, is pushing forward. So, we see that um, the cars have been there around for more than 100 years but uh, and um, the development that we have seen for example in a market for a mobile uh, it has it is very different and it has grown much Uh, uh, much more exponentially when you see, for example, you had in 2007 the first iPhone and now the phones are totally different from what we had that time. So, But this kind of explosion or kind of explosive growth has not been seen in the automotive industry. So now there's kind of a roadmap which is prepared with a a lot of uh, Minds coming together of the automobile industry, and they are working on this uh, something that a lot of people will hear of is called CASE, which is like a com. Uh, uh, it's an acronym for connected, uh, autonomous, shared electric mobility, which is kind of uh, the, the all the current trends that we are seeing in the automobile industry are in those uh, fields. So these four fields are the current uh, fields which are ongoing. When I come to let's say only the electric, or look at only the electric vehicles, there is a there is a push that have been there, uh, especially after two thousand fifteen, after the uh, after the Volkswagen diesel gate uh, episode, there has been a very strong push towards the electric vehicles. And at that time, like when you go back to two thousand fifteen in the in automotive world, there was talk about hybrids a lot, but that has been kind of pushed. A little bit on the sidelines and there's a very strong push towards full electric vehicles and uh, that's why you see a lot of trends trying to go uh, a lot of companies they are coming with the full electric vehicles rather than not going and relying on hybrids because they're going to be only partly there as i talked about the legislation of banning the uh, the, uh, the combustion vehicles another important trend that is going on is about the voltage so normal vehicles that we have uh, generally on the road, they are working on a 12 volt or a 24 volt architecture. And uh, now uh, with the hybrids, the architecture is moving towards 48 volt. And uh, when you talk about electric vehicles or a full electric vehicle, there's nothing um, under uh, 200, 250, or they're generally like 400 volts. And uh, that's where the high voltage starts. And now this trend is also going towards 800 volt, uh, which is uh, coming from the needs of of for us to have fast charging and uh, to have uh, uh, more, let's say, um, possibility of having more power with a small smaller battery, and uh, and uh, uh, this is what is kind of pushing. Also, this is one of the other trends that we are seeing in the industry. Um, When you look at uh, uh, trend from the industry point of view, so what is also not very clear is like where the OEMs and the tier ones are going. Because right now, uh, each OEM has their own strategy, whether to go alone. Uh, Like for example, Audi has done that and shown with an e-tron. But when you look at some other uh, uh, OEMs like Volkswagen, they have very strong partnerships with the tier ones. Uh, Same way with other big OEMs in, in the German market. Uh, also, talking about outside uh, Germany, like China or India, most of the OEMs they are trying to go with different strategies. So, what is not clear right now is that whether whether this strategy would hold on, because uh, you know a lot of people are working in the in those OEMs as well. So, if they, they start relying only on Tier One for their supplies, so uh, what will happen to those people? So, there is kind of a change in strategy which might be seen as like. OEMs trying to buy those parts individually and then uh, put put it together themselves or assemble them uh, it themselves. So there is also a non a very not clear part. Uh, what what we are also seeing is about the infrastructure that has to be built up because the trends um, that we are seeing right now uh, in electric mobility uh, will completely fail if there is uh, there are not. There's not enough robust infrastructure available uh, for the uh, the high volt charging and also the density of the charging stations, so that people don't have the stress of uh, you know driving a car when they think like okay their charge is gonna run out because normally when you are driving with a petrol car or a diesel car you don't really have to think about looking at your uh, range all the time. So uh, it's kind of uh, uh, kind of these points that I mentioned. They are kind of uh, defining the trends in the industry. So it's gonna be a very interesting time in the uh, automobile industry, especially for uh, electric mobility. And uh, for other, point, other parts like, you know, the connected cars, the autonomous cars and shared mobility, this is also kind of combined together because it's it's always, you know, when, when you talk about electric, mo- electric cars, uh, they are much more simpler than the cars that we have currently. They are more uh, easy to connect, uh, control. So uh, all in all, it kind of helps to uh, justifies the case of bringing this connected cars and autonomous cars. So this, I think, is going to be the trend that we're going to see in the next few years in the industry.
0: Great. That sounds very interesting. It's also very nice that you kind of uh, classified this into uh, sort of new developments based on the legislation because of changes in the legislation or also the developments in the technology and the infrastructure. Uh, I think it's a very, very good overview. So in order to kind of keep up with these new developments, uh, if let's say someone wants to find a job in the area of e-mobility, what do you think are some of the important skills needed to work in this area?
1: I think the skills definitely are going to be not like one core sector like you know uh generally if you go back 10-15 years uh, in uh, automobile industry it was all about uh, uh, mechanical or maybe an automotive ind- uh, engineer but now it is more kind of a combination of all the uh, engineering backgrounds that we have so um, as i talked about my team itself uh, when i think about it has uh people uh doing having a background of mechanical engineering industrial engineering there there are uh, electronics electricals uh, computers so it's a combination of all those engineers who are coming together in the in the teams and and this is going to be the case so um and i think there uh, the skill would be i always uh, i always think there's going to be uh, what a person uh, can do well becomes a skill so whether uh, whether if they are right now a good designer in mechanical industry or an or a core uh, uh, combustion engine industry right now they can always move into those kind of areas and look into a designing field or designing jobs that they have so that is uh, uh, th- those are the skills i would say for engineering point of view but like when i talk about my um, uh, my point my uh, uh, when i talk about uh, my job as a technical project manager, the, this is kind of a combination of engineering and management. And uh, uh, when you look at the management point of view, uh, one has to have uh, good project management skills, uh, understand how the quality management works, and uh, should be have a very strong aptitude for problem solving. Uh, so maybe use of tools like FDA, Ishikawa, AD reports. and uh, And since you have a very big team, Uh, You need to have good communication skills and uh, definitely very good people management. And uh, depending upon where you work, I think uh, language plays a very important role. And especially with the kind of people you're working in the team, and also with the kind of customers that you're working with. So, uh, in my uh, case, that has been also, for example, German. So, uh, a German knowledge was definitely a very important uh, um, skill that one needs to have, at least to grow higher in the industry. Of course, as a as a as an expert, uh, you probably might not need that much of German if you go uh, into more core engineering field. Uh, you will you probably do not need uh, that much amount of german but when you look into kind of a, a management field or you're looking at a a, a leader position then uh, uh, german probably would become an important factor when you when you uh, when you talk about uh, jobs in germany
0: okay yeah that's a very good advice that uh, learning german is definitely has a lot of advantages um, it's also very interesting that you say that traditionally uh automotive industry was more about mechanical engineers or people with a mechanical engineering background. But now this has kind of become much broader. And now people with uh, many other skill sets are also kind of in demand in the automotive sector.
1: Um, Yeah, that's uh, definitely the case. I mean, especially with the software industry right now, and uh, as I talked about the, uh, uh, the 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 trends that we are seeing, the connected cars or uh, autonomous cars, uh, there's nothing which is can which can happen without a a software developer there. I mean, it's uh, the, actually it's a it's a trivia when when I was working with my previous company, it's a trivia that we used to always talk about the amount of codes uh, lines of codes that we have in a car is much much more than any a uh, uh, computer that you have or any laptop that you have so it, it does not the the, the, uh, the amount of uh, software development that is going in there is much more than in a in a computer
0: and before starting in your current job at value siemens you were working in a different area on combustion engines so could you tell us a bit about uh, your background
1: so um yeah so uh basically talking about myself so yeah i was uh, born and uh, did my schooling in Bhopal uh, which is in madhya pradesh and uh, um, from there or, then onwards i always uh, tried to you know look into uh, developing my skills and or more wider variety of skills and uh, what i saw in bhopal itself was being a Let's say a kind of sm- smaller town uh, or a smaller city. The opportunities were limited, and I wanted to broaden my horizon. So I decided to do my engineering somewhere at least a bigger city. And uh, in fact, for that I even did not take up an uh, ITs and try to go into uh, some kind uh, a, a, a private institute, but one of the best ones in uh, Bangalore, and did my mechanical engineering there. And uh, during that time, I was let's say that was the time that I got. Uh, bit by this automotive bug and uh, i was in mechanical and uh, i have uh, a but then automotive was something which was there back of my mind but once i was uh, getting involved or once i started getting involved with uh, some projects like a mini baja which is i think kind of rage right now i think but way back in uh, uh, 2004 and five and i was when i started doing this it was one of the like one of the only colleges which was doing it so uh, we we started building a car from scratch we we were a group of 11 uh, uh, engineers in our undergrad engineers and uh, we tried to uh, work on different parts of an kind of a uh, business you will have as an automotive business some people were working on marketing some people were working on manufacturing and r&d so i was a part of this r&d manufacturing team trying to uh build a car from scratch and uh, uh, we were able to build a car in around uh, one year and uh, the project lasted around one and a half years and we were uh, we competed with or represented India uh, along with uh, NIT and DC in 2006, which was like uh, uh, one of the few First colleges to go and com- uh, compete in an international competition, and at that that and that year was kind of a change year when uh, the Baja kind of uh, exploded into the scene. And in 2007, there was a Baja in India, and uh, that kind of uh, changed a lot of uh, for a lot of people in uh, automotive engineers or automotive enthusiasts in uh, in India who started going into automotive field and especially in uh, in uh, taking part in Mini Baha. And I think this uh, exposure that I have uh, let me uh, go towards an aut- core automotive company, which was a Leland. and I started uh, uh, there as a GT, which was kind of a, a training period. Where I I, w- I must say that uh, the training that I got there was uh, uh, one of the best that I have gone uh, seen anywhere. And uh, we had like core automotive training because, as you know, there is a huge gap. Uh, currently in the uh, in our education system and the industry with the needs and that's where a, com- a, a company a good company like Azure Leyland can act, tries to fill the gap and tries to make these mechanical engineers more suitable for the automotive field and, and that's where i was working on real time projects and uh, that's where i was able to learn the whole product development process starting from the concept to the homologation phase and uh, Basically, I started as a designer there, so working on ProE CATIA and uh, uh, then doing some CAE work with ANSYS and uh, uh, SOLIDWORKS. And that's where I started picking up skills, uh, designed for one of my first uh, components. uh, 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 It was a gear train and uh, then developed that gear train uh, with the suppliers. So kind of developed this supplier uh, uh, development activity. Skill, let's say, and uh, then once this uh, was developed and prototype was ready, I took care of an application for uh for one of the uh one of the uh, vehicles and also did the testing. So it was kind of more um uh, more broad based. Uh, but what I definitely learned during this time was. Uh, kind of tech expertise that I had in uh, during this time was very limited or uh, uh, very novice and that's where I decided okay I need to do some kind of uh, masters in a field where I uh, would like to see myself working later and that's where I decided okay uh, it, it has to be automotive because I have had already three years of experience and then was a question always, uh, which normally, as an Indian, uh, you have is okay. You are you going to uh, UK, US, US, or Australia, or something? Or are you gonna think of something else? And automotive, as you know, is one of the. Um, yeah, the highest points that we have for Germany, or uh, the the sector which is one of the uh, most advanced in Germany, and uh, uh, and RWTH as well as the cost factor, they pl- played all a role, and that kind of pushed me towards coming to Germany at that time. Then when I came here, I realized okay, automotive is a very very a wide field, and uh, and that's where I was kind of uh, fascinated towards how. Um, you know, kind of interface between the human uh, and the car is, and the kind not the not the one that we just see, but something which is more technical part of it. That is the calibration. So, uh, what I was working on was kind of uh, developing these complex uh, models of the engines, uh, which can be used for calibration of uh, cars so that they are uh, running as smoothly as they are running in the uh, in the field at the end. So, um, a general project for me would start like I would just. Uh, um, get kind of uh, uh, factors or kind of requirements from the customer, they will say, okay, they need to meet kind of uh, a Euro six norm or Euro five norm or whatever, and uh, what kind of uh, CO2 targets they have. So uh, based on that, I will try to model uh, what kind of uh, um, what kind of, uh, or what amount of fuel, at what time, at what pressure, what kind of air, quantity of air. So all those kind of complex uh, uh, modeling will be put in my uh, engine model prepared on MATLAB, and those would be kind of uh, used for preparing the first calibrations. And this is kind of also give, gave me another additional uh, skill, which I talked about, it was like designing CAE, then kind of calibration skill. Um, this is this is what I learned, let's say, as a majorly during my uh, time at Erviteha, uh, and uh, also as a student at FEV. And uh, once uh, once I was uh, once I passed out, I started with Delphi. Um, I think it's uh, it's also a, quite a well known uh, uh, supplier from US. Uh, and it's working on um, uh, right now in the powertrain field, uh, working for fuel injection equipment. And uh, we were a supplier for and German OEM for uh, fuel fuel uh, fuel equipment, along with the ECU and the software required for it. And uh, um, and that's where I had to decide: okay, whether I'm going to take up the skills that I have learned, or am I going to develop a new skill? And the what what I had learned or what I had realized during this time is was uh, that. Uh, uh, these kind of skills they are nice, uh, but what I wanted to have was a little bit more uh, hands-on experience, and that's where I decided to start with uh, with testing. And uh, um, I think that was uh, the first time I really got into testing in a big way, uh, and uh, and start developing testing as my core competence. And um, and I slowly moved on from being a test engineer to a lead test engineer, and also to a uh, then. And, and then combined my skill as a testing and uh, the the k- kind of calibration as an application engineer. So that's how I moved around before I started with Value Siemens. And so uh, I worked, before I went, came to Value Siemens, I worked for um, almost 10 years and uh, in variety of fields, in variety of uh, uh, um, uh, jobs from designer to a ca engineer uh, to a testing engineer and uh, so it was kind of a kind of a mixed pa- package that i had all this time
0: so you already had worked in a variety of jobs for 10 around 10 years and then you decided to move into uh, electric mobility why did you decide to make this transition
1: uh it's a very good question paris so um yeah and this, the the switch that I made was uh, in 2017 or like let's say end of 2016 was I was sure about it, and uh, I think the biggest factor I would say is uh, what happened in 2015 about the diesel gate that actually changed the whole outlook of the automobile industry. Uh, Europe uh, since 2007 2000 or 2006 has kind of uh, uh, all the all the European OEMs they had kind of uh, um, planned that. Uh, they're going to meet all the targets for the emissions with diesel engines because the kind of improvement they were showing with the SCR and EGR coming into play, so uh, and especially the OBD. So all these put together, they were already kind of uh, uh, fixed on this. But then 2015 with this uh, diesel gate happening and when uh, it was like okay uh, the targets are maybe are met but they are not really met because it's kind of uh, uh, kind of a cheating going on there so it was uh, that's where a lot of oems kind of decided and kind of uh, took notice of uh, another forgotten field that was uh, electrical uh, vehicles and uh, um, that's where they started spending quite huge amounts of money and that's where the one of the first uh, projects started uh, picking up so 2016-17 the first project started picking up of course there was uh, a tesla which was already trying to come and make a name for itself there was uh companies like uh, nissan which were doing leaf all the time but nobody was really taking notice of them or let's say they were being no uh, they were uh, looked into but with like okay yeah they are trying they're innovating but they're not something going to be for the real world but this 2015 diesel gate kind of changed everything and the spending that was going into the uh, projects was uh, uh, for the electrical vehicles was huge and when you have uh, huge spending then you have definitely a lot of innovation and a lot of uh, uh, new stuff uh, which are available and and I am always open to learning uh, something new and that's where I said, OK, I, I think for me, it's clear now that I have to move and make the switch to towards electrical vehicles. And I didn't want to really uh, wait that long. And I was kind of seeing that it's going to be it's going to be a change, a switch, which uh, each and everyone who's working in the industry for uh, combustion vehicles has to make uh, at some point of time. And uh, I decided, OK, I want to be the an early mover and maybe take an advantage there.
0: Great. So you basically took this difficult situation and saw an opportunity in it to move to this new field.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And how would you describe your experience so far? Um,
1: Okay. Electrical vehicles is definitely a field uh, not for the (laughs) faint-hearted because uh, the problem is that uh, normally an automotive uh, project is uh, generally based on some kind of platforms which have been developed and uh, improved over a long period of time. Uh, This generally makes the project for three or four years. It's a kind of a time you have uh, for a general automotive project and this project time is generally okay for developing something which is already have a platform a robust platform and, and kind of an improvement on that but when you come to electrical engineering uh, as i talked about like there were uh, re- there was not so much of development going on in when uh, uh, most of the oems and they suddenly started spending over there uh, and uh, that's where the, the they kind of or the uh, the higher management it expected uh, that the projects have to be done in the same way that we have been doing in three or four years but uh, you have to basically develop something from scratch because most of the uh, most of the oems did not have anything or even the tier ones which are kind of coming in right now or opening their shops or trying to get into the fields they they do not have any kind of platform available which they can work on uh, and um, I think uh, that's where this whole uh, experience made it very exciting, but it's really stressful at the same time because uh, you are always uh, kind of uh, fighting with the problems uh, that you never expected because nobody has done them before. Nobody has seen them before. Uh, You need to do a lot in that short period of time. Secondly, there is, of course, a very strong pressure from uh, uh, from the government, from the OEMs, from the tier ones. Everyone is kind of working on this. And that's why the stakes are really high. And uh, um, I think the German automotive industry, its survival actually hangs on this right now, because if they do not pick up, then uh, the kind of ease that we are awaiting for an autonomous vehicle to come would be reduced. So it, all, all these kind of are revolving around this uh, uh, electric mobility field. And that's why the amount of money that is going in here right now is huge. And, uh, uh, but at the same time, the expectations from the industry, from each and every employee is also huge. And at the same time, the number of people that are working in the industry is still minimum. It's like the uh, most of the people they are, um, they either have an automotive background uh, who uh, or are, They have started to make the switch like me or they have this uh, background from electrical engineering uh, probably working in some kind of an on industry level for let's say uh, uh, Siemens or uh, GE or something like that and those kind of people they do not have the kind of agility which uh, automotive field requires so it's uh, this coming together of these two different cultures or mindsets uh, is also makes the whole work really uh, yeah, exciting and stressful and chaotic at the same time. But I think I've grown to enjoy this, and kind of uh, I'm feeding off the stress that is there. So it's it's I think it's a roller coaster, but I think I'm enjoying all this way.
0: Okay, so that sounds like a like there are really a lot of differences between yeah this conventional automotive industry and this new electric vehicle industry. I can imagine this transition was not easy for you, or was it?
1: It's, I would say, in German, as they say it, (laughs) so it's like,
0: it's really a mix
1: because I think when one important thing uh, or one important decision that I took when I tried to make the switch was try to rely on my skills that I learned and a kind of uh, core skill that I developed that was uh, testing. So when I moved into the industry in uh, an electrical vehicle industry, I relied on that as a ladder to come inside and then I used my skills that I've uh, learned over the period of uh, 10 years, and then started applying those to started going up in the industry. But the switch, which was the first phase, I started as a, 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 a test manager or a validation manager, and uh, uh, This kind of uh, um, helped me to bring, you know, in the electrical electrical vehicle industry, there were uh, not so many people who are expert on automotive testing. So I brought this expertise inside and uh, uh, that kind of uh, made it, Easy from my point of view, kind of. I was like an expert for them, uh, who was bringing. Okay, what kind of tests are there? What kind of test uh, uh, tests can be done where? And though and knowledge of uh, different uh, test houses where it can be done and all those kind of. I that's what I brought on the table, and that was uh, at that time I think automotive industry or electrical vehicle industry was looking for, and uh, um, and uh, this this kind of made it uh, uh, for me, um, yeah, easier. to at least switch but of course when i when i came to the industry i realized okay uh, uh you definitely had the talk and power but the talk and power has nothing to do with the the consumption that you were talking about you're talking about here consumption in 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 total different units so this uh this had to i had to of course try to pr- brush up my electrical vehicle knowledge or electrical engineering knowledge and what i did definitely was not to uh try to new you know, kind of go and go and reengineer myself as an electrical engineer, or learn a whole new field. But I try to stick stick on to my skills that I had, the competencies that I had, and try to see where I find a fix uh, for those fields in, uh, or where I find the fix for those uh, skills that I have in the field that we have, uh, or the jobs that were available.
0: So you didn't try to kind of reinvent your entire skill set, but see where your skill set kind of fits into this new environment let's say yeah that's right and in hindsight would you think this was a good decision for you and would you recommend it to other people to move to electric vehicle industry
1: for me i would say personally that has uh, this has rolled out as a, a good decision i mean uh, i don't know if it was because of the uh, skill set that i developed during the time as an as a conventional automotive engineer but definitely this uh, testing wasn't uh, played to my advantage. And I was able to use this advantage to later on move on to become a, a technical project manager where uh, I use my designer CAE and uh, you know all the skills that I learned all the way back since 2007. I kind of used those, all those skill uh, skills and I could uh, use this. So definitely for me, this was a good decision. And uh, when I say for recommendation, of course, for me, uh, I think, it's never too uh, late to make the switch and try to come into the industry because I think this industry requires a lot of people, especially if they have worked in automotive field and they kind of bring the skills that they have learned, whether it is testing engineers, whether they are design engineers who have worked in core uh, mechanical design because, you know, at the end of the day, your motor is partly mechanical you know you have you have uh, mechanical components which needs to be developed which needs to be designed and you have the same gdnts the same kind of tolerances that come into play the same kind of uh, mechanical simulations that need to be run so uh, all these things are relevant and they're going to stay relevant and people who are going to stay uh, make the switch i would say that uh, they should not always just think about upscaling themselves or trying a complete new learning a new field but i would say that they should try to Hone their skills and try to uh, find a fit that they have, because I think that is also a target which most of the OEMs right now looking in uh, into that, because they have a huge personal or human resources which are which have been working uh, year long or for for a very long time in uh, in conventional uh, automotive industry producing uh, combustion engines, and uh, now suddenly they need to make the switch, so they cannot fire all those six hundred thousand or I don't know half a million people but they will try to find a match for those people into into the industry and i think this is where people can who have already those skills can also try and join and uh, maybe uh, this this would give them a, also a good opportunity to find jobs in the in the in the companies of their choices and um, and, and and this is this is definitely not something i would say that uh, you should wait and take a uh, wait and think i think is the right time make the switch uh, you will you have to adapt naturally but but you will i think on in the long way you will learn and uh, yeah i think uh, as when you talk about uh, what kind of uh, tips or recommendations i can give is definitely that it's good to have programming skills i did learn those and i think they are definitely useful whether whether you are working as a as a core mechanical engineer or anything, you need some kind of programming or coding skills. They always are useful, even in your daily life. They make your work much more uh, uh, much more easier. What what I would say is that uh, uh, when you are uh, trying to come into automotive field, and if you are not like let's say finding a fit in electrical vehicles, but there are other three topics that I talked about that was the connected uh, mobility or shared mobility and also the autonomous vehicles. So all these three fields are also very hot right now. Uh, they need people and they need people especially they're coming from the automotive background. And uh, uh, if you have the skills, whether it is software skills together with some automotive skills, you can come into the industry. You are electrical engineer, you are electronics engineer. You need each and every kind of engineer in this in this field.
0: And from your experience, I mean, I'm sure many of our listeners would also would be interested in working in this industry since there is so much going on and there is so much demand also. Uh, What do you think are some of the career options for people with a mechanical engineering background in this, uh, in the electric vehicle industry in Germany? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I think electrical or or mechanical engineers, uh, they themselves, or let me start again. So, mechanical engineering itself is a very wide field i mean you uh, you have uh, engineers who are uh, working on heat and mass transfer you have engineers working on uh, pure uh, kind of uh, tolerances and kind of checking those tolerances and uh, and 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 those kind of uh, areas so you have a very huge wide field and you have robotics you have industrial engineering so this with, with this wide field i'm sure uh, there are so many different kind of mechanical engineers who are available and these engineers they would find a fit i mean i for to name a few i would say for example a normal designer uh, who has done mechanical designing uh, can become a hardware designer for the non active parts like the laminations the uh, the housings that are there the different cooling cooling parts and also those kind of parts they require a hardware designer so they can join those kind of fields. Then there is also a supplier development. I mean, nobody or no OEM or a tier one supplier or tier two supplier can survive without any uh, further suppliers. And so you always need kind of uh, suppliers who can work uh, or so, some supplier development uh, engineers who can work on the, the development activities at the supplier end or even and when you talk about the manufacturing whether you are in kind of developing an in-house manufacturing you need certain uh, process engineers who can uh, develop the processes that would require to develop the parts that have been designed and um, also uh, the hardware designers or hardware design components they need to go through some kind of simulations so even the simulation engineers or uh, the german berechnung engineers they can always come into the simulation engineering field and uh, uh, they can work on a variety of like you know you have uh, structural you have uh, fluid you have thermal these areas of simulation are non-electrical you don't need so much of electrical engineering background there you can work in those and uh, one uh, very interesting area is also material science i know this is a little bit of an expertise area and uh, but this is also where a lot of work has been done in automotive field in terms of material sciences i mean you when you think about you know components inside a combustion engine where you have temperatures up to 700 to 1000 degrees c you would not think about some plastic going in there but there are components a lot of components in the engine which are uh, made of plastic and those kind of uh, changes have not been done in the in the industry right now in the electrical industry because nobody had the time to do that but a kind of material science engineers who have already worked they might be able to help this industry grow in that direction and uh, of course, the field uh, one of my favorites, testing. You have variety of tests, whether it is functional or uh, environmental. Um, maybe a functional, you might have to brush up your engineering, uh, electrical engineering knowledge a little bit. But a mechanical test, for example, torsion test, which have to be, which each and every e-axle or uh, an engineering uh, electrical vehicle has to go through. You, as a mechanical engineer, have a good background in that. You can definitely kind of understand those tests and try to do those testing or develop the concept of those testing. Um, you have also application engineering, which is kind of um, kind of combination of uh, uh, of uh, calibration, designing, and you know coming together of all the fields. And this is also a factor where because you at the end have to apply uh, an electrical vehicle or an e axle. On, uh, elect- on an electrical vehicle. And when it comes to vehicle, uh, you bring your vehicle engineering skills and uh, as an application engineer and use the same skills here. And uh, coming to a little bit, let's say uh, non-engineering uh, areas where also a lot of mechanical engineers can work is uh, definitely project management, uh, quality management, then you have plant development. And where uh, there, I would like to point out, I mean, uh, this is no uh, secret, I mean, uh, Elon Musk has been putting it on the twitter all the time i mean tesla is looking for people in plant development in uh, berlin so people should definitely look if they are if they are trying to think in uh, think of thinking of making the switch i think this is the right time to do that and in the next years there's going to be a huge development coming in uh, in the battery uh, area where going to be a lot of new factories gigafactories as they call it going to be coming up around germany and uh, in europe I think uh, that's where the industrial engineers and plant development engineers or process engineers will be definitely required. And this kind of skills are something that we learn as mechanical engineers. So these are few of the areas that I've talked about can be uh, uh, can be used by the engineers to make the switch.
0: Great, that sounds like a lot of different options. It's great to be in this field at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, definitely.
0: Yeah, and specifically at Value Siemens, do you have any opportunities that you would recommend to people who are looking to work there?
1: Yeah, I think in Value Siemens, they're always they're looking for new people. Uh, testing is one of the fields that they're looking for. Project management, uh, uh, mechanical lead engineers, you know, who kind of take care of designing as well as uh, ensuring that the construct uh, the uh, the guys who take care of the construction, they are. Uh, working on those uh, uh, those uh, activities as well as taking care of the uh, supplier uh, uh, development activities so kind of a lead mechanical engineers system integrators and uh, um, and this is not only values siemens i'm talking about uh, the whole uh, electrical vehicle industry as such whether it's oem yeah maybe a little bit little bit tougher because of, uh, as I talked about, the switch that they have to do for the existing uh, employees from uh, conventional uh, automotive industry to the electrical industry. Those people I think would be given a preference, but yes, there is a chance, but a lot of new suppliers, uh, they are developing new products in this area and they're coming up, whether it's uh, Conti, Schaeffler, ZF, um, there are need to name a few, but there are various new new players coming into the field. Nidec is there, I mean, uh, just, just naming a few, but if you look into uh, right now in a, in a job site, you will definitely find so many more uh, supplier tier one suppliers who are working for automotive industry or electrical industry that are coming in and uh, trying their luck in the electrical vehicle industry.
0: Thank you very much for sharing all your experience, your knowledge, your insights with us on this exciting topic of e-mobility, uh, Athar.
1: Uh, Thank you, Paras, for inviting me. I think it was a great pleasure talking to you.
0: That's all, folks. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and check out our blog on indiatogermany.com. See you in the next episode.